Welcome to Life on Mars, a podcast about technology, entrepreneurship, and innovation. You will listen to stories of the best founders, inventors, experts, and celebrities from all around the galaxy. Welcome, everybody, to Life on Mars, the Mars Space Podcast. We're extremely honored to have one friend of the company, one friend of the family for one of our very first episodes, Mr. Howard Love, serial entrepreneur. Um, he's right now he's in Florida, but he has been an entrepreneur for over 30 years, founder or co-founded 15 companies, if not more, made more than 50 investments, always in technology. He's written a book. He's an angel investor, but we're going to be focusing today on his entrepreneur, entrepreneurial profile, right? He's the founder and CEO of love to know a media company from the U S he has got, a, um, also a development center here in Barcelona, where we're based. So, well, good morning to you, Howard. How are you doing? Welcome to Live on Mars. Hello, Alex. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. I wanted to I wanted to start uh, breaking the ice a little bit by talking about how you have adapted to working from home. Seems to me that you are a company because it's highly technological. You have had these processes and tools in in place, but how has this situation affected you? And how are you adapting to working from home? Yeah, I mean, we uh, love to know. Actually, started over over a dozen years ago as a virtual company. Uh, we were we were super early on it, and uh, here in the U.S., everyone has been virtual always. Um, so we've we've been doing the work from home thing for a very long time, um, and it's a different. I I just thought it would be really cool to have a company like that, and of course, it allows you to take advantage talent wherever it is as opposed to you know just the just locally um and that's been a huge advantage for us and you know we realized early on that uh it works but you just need to make sure you have the right tools and the right um you know processes and procedures and you know so the and 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 of course the wonderful thing is the tools have been getting better and better you know um for the last dozen years um started off with basically, you know, chat and email and phone calls. Uh, at the very beginning, we didn't really do uh, video calls. And then um, we, you know, the, as I say, the technology has just kind of kept getting, I remember originally we were on, um, you know, Yahoo Instant Messenger, I think AOL originally, and then Yahoo, Yahoo Instant Messenger. And then, um, you know, as I say, the technology keeps getting better. So now we're on Slack and Zoom, and we went to video a few years ago, uh, which has actually made a made a made a real difference. Um, and you know, and emails, and I still do phone calls, and you know, WhatsApp. Uh, you and I talk on WhatsApp, you know, occasionally. <laughs> and, and so the, all the tools are are there now, and it really has shrunk the world and made um, you know virtual communications and and working virtually um you know pretty easy um i was so encouraged by the results we got early on at love to know that um uh with sarah fell and my partner david heman we started a company called flex job um to offer uh remote work to um you know every to everyone who might want it because there's just so many people who they can't commute uh, for whatever reason, or they don't want to commute, and they don't want to work in an office and or can't. Um, you know, maybe they have to take care of kids. Maybe they have just have other things to do, or maybe they just don't want to. And uh, that company has absolutely taken off. Um, you know, it's run by Sarah Fell, who's the uh, Sarah Sutton Fell, who's the CEO, and she's done a you know remarkable job, both you know running flex jobs, but also evangelizing work from home. So I'm a big believer, and when all this, you know, recent stuff hit, um, you know, we were pretty well prepared for it. Um, Barcelona was actually the office where we had, you know, um, a, a lot of people, uh, almost 30 people in Barcelona, and um, we did not do as much work from home, you know, remote work there. Um, but you know, they everyone went to remote work, you know, in a matter of days, and it's worked out fantastically. I mean, I, from a productivity perspective, I think, you know, we haven't missed a beat. I mean, really, I mean, everyone's been, just been doing a phenomenal job. I know there's specific challenges like right now, because a lot of people have the kids in home and you know, there's, there's other things to be concerned about. And, um, and we understand that. And of course, work, work around that. But 
Um, it's it's really going well, and I think the world has changed, and I don't think it's going to go back. I mean, we're, yeah. we're all going to go back to offices at some point, um, but, um, and, well, not all of us, but, um, the, you know, offices aren't going to go away, but I, I think the it's interesting because, like, with flex jobs, you know, we've been evangelizing this for, you know, a dozen years, and we figured we were sort of in the fourth inning, maybe, maybe. Nah, probably fourth inning of of this sort of uh, trend and then you know we went from the fourth inning to the ninth inning in you know a matter of two weeks it's, so it's perhaps easier because you've got a highly technical team right especially the ones you've got in barcelona who are mostly product people developers designers ux yeah. so maybe they are more acquainted with the ways of remote working so maybe let's give yeah. a little bit of an of, of a description of what the company of love to know media does for the people who are not acquainted with with it Sure, we're a digital media publisher, um, and um, you know we we have three primary properties, and then three or four smaller properties. Our biggest properties are uh, our Your Dictionary property, which is uh, uh, one of the largest online dictionaries, and has all sorts of um, sort of extra tools like uh, sentence examples and reference, uh, you know, reference sections and thesaurus and stuff like that. And uh, we're doing a lot of really cool, innovative things there. And then we have our WordFinder product, which is a uh, sort of a helper solver for word games, um, which is, uh, you know, word games are super popular. And then um, love to know.com, which is an information site for, um, you know, for generally targeted at women, uh, 25 to sort of 40. And we've got about um, almost 100 different in information sections there. So. We're a digital uh, publisher, and uh, our our model is is uh, is generally ad based. Uh, a couple others I mentioned: uh, bibliography.com, which is uh, you know we just really started going strong this year, and that's that's uh, we're really excited about that product that's taking off taking off. And um, <clears throat> and we have some smaller properties like Golflink, um, which uh, has a lot of golf course information and um, is for golfing enthusiasts. And and then I won't get into all the all the other smaller properties, but we've got a bunch of projects going on at any. Country. So how's the how's the process of building this kind of company? Did you start some of these uh, projects yourself, or did you acquire them? Because it seems to me there's a bunch of high side high traffic sites bundled together. So how did you start creating all this empire of traffic and content? Um. You know, mostly, I, I think the word I'd use is opportunistically. Um, so I started off just testing the concept with sort of an MVP with um, with Love to Know, and we and just started writing content um, with a very small team of of writers and editors. Um, and we would, I think, the first information channel was like on engagement rings or something like that because it tended to monetize well, and then. Um, we branched out into video games and then we kind of found our niche with, um, as I say, women sort of 25 to 40. And so we have, we just started adding sections like, you know, weddings and, and, uh, teens and, uh, kids and parenting and, and pregnancy and stuff like that. And then, and then, yeah, as, as sort of opportunistically, um, you know, some, um, for example, your dictionary became available for sale what was available for sale and um uh yeah and we decided to pursue it uh we bought that and then spent a lot of time and effort fixing that up um and that's that's worked out really well and then oh you know over time acquired a number of other properties um acquired an encyclopedia um and um And uh, trails.com, we owned for a while. We sold that recently last year. Um, and Golf Link was an acquisition. So, yeah, we make acquisitions and then we do stuff internally. Bibliography.com, um, that was sort of a just a cold start. Um, you know, we acquired the domain and then um, I've been building a product on that for the last couple of years. And so, You know, we just look for opportunities where we think we can bring our skills to bear. Um, and, um, you know, we're good at content. We're, we're, we're pretty good at product. Um, and, you know, we'll look at a market. We'll look at the competition and we'll see, 
you know, if we have something significant to add to it um, and if there's, you know, good opportunity. So I, we're very opportunistic. We don't have, you know, a five or 10 year plan really. Um, and and when, when we talk about where we're going, it's rarely the specifics about um, properties per se. We talk a lot about our internal values and our skills and what we're good at and how we can, you know, um, you know, build more function, fun, uh, you know, just build more skills, you know, uh, you know, uh, how we can hire the best possible people. And, you know, we, we expect to be a ever, you know, a, a growing digital media publisher. I love the business. Um, and when we look at sort of long-term what we want to be when we, when we grow up, uh, it's, uh, you know, you could look at Condé Nast, you could look at um, Hearst Publications and, and, and other media companies that have a portfolio of, um, you know, of titles. Um, and, uh, I th- you know, that, that's, that's what we are on a small scale right now. And, of course, we have, we have aspirations to continue to grow that and be, you know, very substantial. I mean, I say we're small. I mean, we, we, I was just looking uh, the other day, we, we actually did over uh, a billion added impressions, um, you know, kind of at that rate per month. Um, And, um, you know, well over hundred million page, you know, users and and stuff like that. So. How um, many people work at Love to Know? So we're about 75. Right now, we actually have uh, uh, about 30 in Barcelona. Um, we've had great success in the Barcelona office and um, just, you know, love the people there, love the culture, love the... Um, is there anything that we don't like about Barcelona? No. Um, <laughs> uh, we love Barcelona. Uh, you seem I don't to like love the, it very, very I don't much. like that I can't travel there right now. Exactly. Um, exactly. But... Uh, uh, but um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're you know, that, that, that's been sort of a really fun adventure. And we continue to look grow that office and, and hire, you know, engineers, designers, uh, product management folks and QA. Also, we have we still have a number of open positions there. And, and you know, um, it's our plan to continue to grow that office. In fact, just acquired some more office space there. Great. That's uh, good news. Not that anyone's using office space. I guess the time <laughs> no, was kind of poor. exactly. Maybe you should have waited yeah, so that it would become a little bit cheaper. But, anyways, when you say you we've are, got about, then we've got about 30, 30 plus people in the U.S. and then yeah. we've got a team in India. Okay, yeah. When 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 asking people about how big is your company, and they say like, well, it's about something about number. That means it's big enough, right? When you don't know the exact number. Anyways, it's it. It's it's a nice combination of products you have built yourself, like love to know, of products that you have acquired, like in the big portal itself, where sometimes you you build uh, you buy the domain and then you build something with it, right? So when we're talking about, let's talk a little bit, just a quick uh, bit of, of financials here. What would be like the numbers? Of, what would be the price of, of portals that you that you would buy, like that you would be looking to acquire? What are the a range or a ballpark for people to kind of like grasp the idea of how much does a media company pay for a portal? Yeah. I mean, for, you know, for a good uh, business, um, you know, I would say sort of our, our range for acquisition, it could be as small as half a million dollars and maybe as large as, you know, I don't know, three, four, $5 million, something like that. Um, so much depends, of course, on you know the prospects, um, you know the, the cash flow and everything else. But okay. we do continue to be acquisitive and look for you know great properties that are uh, you know well positioned, and um, you know if we get excited about it, we'll we'll uh, we'll pay what we think it's worth. What what are the key metrics that you're looking for in these kind of acquisitions? I take it like it's having a good domain, good SEO, positioning, traffic. Cash flow. What's the? How do you value yeah, these I think, companies? I, I, it's it's certainly all those things. Um, you know, you're going to look at the growth rate. Um, that's going to make kind of a big difference. You're going to look look at its. Um, you know what what the prospects look like over the coming few years. Um, and you're going to look at 
Um, is there anything that we inherently can add value to this? I mean, is it sort of is it sort of already perfect? Um, and we did, you know, we could continue to run it, but we don't have like a lot of ideas. That's that I would say is not necessarily a great situation. So we tend to tend to buy things that actually often, um, um, you know, may need a little fixing up. Uh, and it's it's something where we can get some leverage. You know, something we can say, well, if we take that piece and move it here, we can you know, use our expert. We've got to have something to add to the party. Um, otherwise, um, it, I, I think it makes it tougher from a price, pricing perspective. Um, but we like to look at stuff where, where we can buy it, we can add our own skills and kind of secret sauce and make it a lot better. Um, and, you know, like anything else, you, you want to be really excited about it, you know? Um, you know, you don't, we, you don't have to acquire anything. Um, we, we've got a wonderful business. We can continue to grow it internally and so forth, but we like to acquire stuff if it, you know, if it fits. And how do you want So you talked about, you monetize all these high traffic sites by using advertisement, right? Is the only way of monetizement? What, what do you no, have there? We also, We've actually spent a lot of time um, in the subscription business, and we mm -hmm. and we have subscription businesses. Our golf link is subscription business. Our trails.com was a subscription business. Um, we have others. Bibliography is likely to contain a subscription component. Um, we haven't layered that in yet, but probably will in the coming year. Um, and so, some combination, you know, thereof. Our our word finder app um, has a subscription component. Um, so, you know, it's the vast majority is advertising, but we also, we like the subscription business a lot. Our flex jobs business is, is a subscription business. Um, and, um, yeah, but it's, but it's advertising and I, and I like advertising. I mean, rates are, rates are down right now. Um, you know, in the sort of, you know, um, uh, pandemic right now. So, which is understandable, but. I, 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 there's a lot to like about the advertising business. I mean, it's challenging. It does change quickly. Um, the move towards programmatic has, you know, been uh, generally really good, but it's gotten remarkably sophisticated. And, um, you know, especially while we sort of have this little bit of downtime and rates are down, we're, we're quite focused on, um, you know, how we can, um, provide the most value to advertisers so we can command the higher rates. Um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a reasonably intelligent guy and I can just tell you that, uh, you know, the, the ad serving ecosystem and the ad serving technology is remarkably complex and, and it's very interesting um, but there's a lot of moving parts and kind of having a lot of fun kind of diving into it as, um, as myself and our, and our senior team, uh, have been doing over the past, uh, you know, really, really focused on it over the last few weeks. It's fascinating. And how about like, do these sites also profit from being interconnected or they they act as um, independent sites within the company i mean when you take a new site into the company do you kind of yeah. share traffic or databases do you do anything you know, no it's a it's a, it's a really 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 good question because intuitively you could look at a number of our sites and say there's you know they're pretty close and you should be able to yeah you should be able to you know yeah share traffic or move people from one site to another the reality is it it, it it's quite difficult um People, when they, you know, are, uh, you know, on the web, and of course, nowadays, that's mostly on their, on their smartphone and so forth, they're looking for very specific things. Yeah. And we are very good at providing the answers to what they're looking for, um, whether it's love to know or whether you're looking up a dictionary definition or, you know, looking for another word on our thesaurus or, or our uh, word finder product, um, you know, if you're, if you're. Um, looking for solutions and suggestions to games. Um, they want something very specific. And so, you know, if they're on WordFinder, even though it's actually the same domain, um, which is your dictionary, they don't really, 
they're not looking for definitions. I mean, they are sometimes, and we they will click through because it's word games. But it, you would think they're like they're so close. Um, but it's hard to move people around from one site to another, from one property to another. Um, you know, people on the web, and you can think about it in your own experience. You know, when you are looking for a piece of information, you're just looking for that piece of information, and you don't. People don't just don't seem to have the time to uh, sort of you know, serendipitously, um, you know, move around and, and, and look at other things we do have within a particular category. Um, you know, like, you know, if you're at love to know, um, uh, you know, just one of the sites like weddings, um, if you're looking at one article, we do have, you know, suggestion engines, which, uh, you know, which will, suggest related articles and things like that. And those, those can be effective, but they have to be really, really related. So like if you're looking for, you know, beach wedding dress, for example, then, you know, we'll suggest, you know, other, you know, wedding activities on a beach or whatever. They'll click on that, but they're not going to click on even other parts of the same site, which might be, um, you know, engagement rings. And you'd say, well, that's, but that's so related. And but they already have their engagement ring or whatever they you know they just don't do it. Well, it's good to avoid being pushy because there's these these, these growing concern with the adver- advertisement, especially targeted at ads being so pushy nowadays. You don't want to get classified as one of these shady shady companies. But uh, the other that brings me to my to my next point is like what is the what are the technological. Um, because we're not going to delve too much into into technology because I will be interviewing your CDO in a few weeks from now, but so we'll cover more technology with him. But uh, some things that you have been tackling technology-wise in the company from its inception to here, because it says about like 15 years, the company all now, there's been many technological cycles there, right? So we have seen more like the change to mobile. What were the challenges and what were the, the biggest disruptions or uh, let's say upgrades to the technology we, you've done to the company. Yeah, uh, great question. Uh, the, the company actually, if you can believe it or not, uh, love to know started off as a wiki because um, I thought wiki was just so cool. And the idea was, you know, to get the users uh, engaged and providing, you know, answers and and um, you know and and their own information that they might know. Um, so. Yeah, that was not necessarily a great choice, but it was it was kind of fun and it did work. Um, uh, so the, yeah, that was our original quote technology, um, which was kind of cool. And then, uh, but then obviously we 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 moved away from that and um, you know and started using. Um, well, you're going to get all the technology from you know from Oriel in a few weeks, but so he can run you through the sort of technology cycles but suffice it to say that we've you know we have gone through uh numerous cycles of using different um you know frameworks different programming languages stuff like that and you know as you know from you know from from software development it's like it never stops you know it's not like you develop a product and it's like hey we're done you know if the product's successful you're never done and you always have to be working on, you know, the maintenance, uh, migrating to new technologies and or new platforms. I was more and um, more, more interested in like, uh, so the, the biggest scope of things, right? So like adoption of mobile or big, yeah. uh, you know, the, the eruption of Google and their CEO, SEO algorithm changes over the years. Things like how that, how do they affect your business? Well, they do affect it actually quite a bit. Um, you know, the, the the movement towards mobile, um, you know, was on the one hand great, on the other hand tough. Um, mobile overall added traffic to the internet, so it's not like it was either or. Yeah, it was um, not a zero sum game. Yeah, it was no, it was absolutely not a zero sum game because you never could take your laptop to the grocery store and look, you know, look up stuff while you were in line. Yeah. <laughs> or when you're sitting in the back of a car and if someone else is driving, you know, you didn't take your laptop and you weren't surfing the internet, you know, typically. So mobile was a great thing because it was really the vast majority of it was additive and not, 
it wasn't replacing the desktop necessarily. Um, and however, mobile always struggled with monetization. Um, it always had lower monetization rates. So that was, you know, that was, and, and actually still remains a challenge. Um, and, and the thing is about mobile too, is when there's a platform shift like that, um, uh, it required a, a whole different set of skills. So, you know, one minute you're developing for desktop and the next minute you've also got to take into account mobile, which is a very different animal um, and required new, you know, some new technologies, techniques and so forth to, to work on. So it's like, you couldn't really do it just with the same team. It, like we had to add people to support mm -hmm. that. And then, you know, the iPad, well, you got to support that too. And as you have to support these multiple platforms and, you know, and then there's the Apple, you know, iOS and display, and then, you know, all the other smartphones and so forth. So it, it, it did increase the scope of what you had to do from a technology perspective um, and from a development and manpower perspective. I mean, our costs grew, but of course, you know, the opportunity grew with it. So, um, yeah. It's it it's uh and 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 it'll all continue and it does continue and and I would say the same thing is true with you know the Google search algorithms uh, you know we we try and you know understand SEO and be intelligent about SEO but we 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 tend not to try and we you know we're not interested in over finessing it hmm. we have. You know, our, our SEO philosophy is really, really simple, which is in the end, Google wants to serve its customers as best it can. And so it, it really is looking for the best results. And so you need to earn your place and uh, not earning it by being fancy with SEO, but you need to earn it by having great content. Um, and what's happened with the Google algorithm over the past you know, few years is... You know, Google has gotten very sophisticated at measuring engagement. They, you know, essentially this, they've gotten very sophisticated at, at, at measuring the satisfaction of their users, which they should. Um, and that's great. And, you know, that is what we seek to do also. Um, you know, if users come to our site, we want them getting the information they want. We want them engaging with the site to the extent that it makes sense for that for what they want, um, and we want them to leave happy. Um, and leaving happy means they don't go back to Google and search for exactly the same thing. Well, you know, they, go they to don't competitor. go right. They they don't hit the back button and go look at you know all the other options because we have satisfied you know everything they're looking for. So that's you know our what we want to do is very aligned with with Google, and that is at the core of our quote SEO strategy, which isn't really an SEO strategy. It's a, it's a customer centric, you know, strategy. That's good. Um, That's good. Yeah. And what, what have you got, like, what, what will the future bring to a media company like love to know? I would, I would suppose it would be more like, I don't know if, if, if you ask me, I would think about integrations with the, this virtual assistants like um, Siri or Alexa or something like that. So people don't have to Google and enter your page, but they can access it via voice or something like that. That would be my idea. But what are your ideas and where's the company headed to? Yeah, we, we have built out a number of Alexa skills. Oh, great. Um, like, you know, they're doing okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's been a fun, um, a project. Um, we're, we're always looking at, you know, what we, what we might need to do next. Um, we tend, you know, we tend not to go super early on these things because you can waste a lot of cycles. I think, um, you know, going off on a path because it looks like the world's going that way and maybe the world doesn't go that way, or maybe, the sponsor of that particular technology just changes or, or, or whatever. Um, so, you know, we take it, we take it fairly measured. Um, but, you know, and yeah, we, 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 tr we tend to not try and get too far out in front. We do, 
Um, for example, you know, we're still focusing on apps, and I know that apps have been around a long time. Um, we probably should have, you know, gone all in on them earlier. But as as you know, as you probably know from a lot of your customers and so forth, you know, apps are hard. Um, apps are really hard. It's a very competitive market. It is. Um, it, it changes pretty quick. Um, and it's a different animal than our normal publishing. But I'd say we've spent the last two years, you know, really getting our feet wet in apps. And we feel like we're starting to get significant traction on, uh, you know, on, on one in particular, our WordFinder app. And it's showing actually really good promise. And so we'll continue to do that. But you know, look, there's nothing new about apps. It's been around a long time. We just, we don't think it's, it, you know, it's by no means over. And the advantage of being just a little bit late to some of the um, technology and platform shifts are, you know, you can kind of watch all the mistakes everyone else is doing. And there's also, you know, you're, you, you, you know, there, there's more available information on how to succeed and how not to succeed. And there's more available people that know how to succeed and not how to succeed. So, um, yeah, right. And how about, let's talk about the team a little bit, because we, we went over it briefly in an earlier part of the conversation, but I wanted to know what's the distribution like in the profiles that you've got in the companies to say like UX, technology, finance, how, how do they distribute in the team? Yeah. Um, so I would say, you know, like from an editorial perspective, that's, uh, are you, are you, are you asking like geographically or no, just in the company in general, like the roles and so forth? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we have, um, one of the things we've been doing over the last, um, two or three years is building out our, um, sort of, senior roles so in in uh, the good book um you know my favorite book Alan. it's your book right yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> you know is it your favorite book it's because you haven't read mine uh i need to read yours yeah but you learned you need to learn spanish first we'll get to that we'll get to that don't worry that's why i haven't read it yeah one fine day One fine day. Um, you need an English version. <laughs> Correct. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the chapter in the book that is, you know, the most relevant to us right now, and it has been for the last couple of years, is the chapter on scale. And, um, and I'm going through this with a number of uh, my other startup, you know, startup investments right now. <clears throat> and just to get to the scale chapter, you know, you've got to go through the the long cold winter, um, you know, the, the bottom of the J curve. So getting to scale is kind of a big deal. Once you're there, the, you sort of intuitively think like, oh, great, you know, we just make it bigger. It's not, it's not that easy at all. Um, it's, you know, people process and money. Um, you know, fortunately, we've been blessed with, um, you know, we're, we're, we, 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 we like to run profitably. So we got the money, but the people in the process are the hardest part. And, You know, you start getting as opposed to what I say, you know, uh, cowboys who can who got you through the long cold winter in the early parts of the startup, um, and the, you know the first uh, you know, the first four stages of, um, you know, you need generalists for that because you just you're you're moving around so fast and and you don't have a lot of people and people need to do lots of things. Um, you know that from the startups you deal with and. And, um, and, and from Mars, even, you know, as a startup, like, you know, when you're starting out, everybody's sort of doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, especially and, founders. Yeah, exactly. And as you grow, you know, you, you can't do that so anymore because it doesn't scale. And it also drives everyone crazy past a point. And so you've got to, you know, you've got to have siloed function. And... And um, then you need people to lead those siloed functions. And they're not roamers. They're not cowboys. They just do their siloed function and they do it really, really well. They do it way better than, you know, uh, than you and I could have done just, you know, as a roamer, right? As, 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 as a cowboy. And so. So how old is it right now? 
What's that? How it is right now, like the distribution of roles in the company, now that you have got more, you know, these 15 years accumulated than specialized profiles. Right. So, you know, one of the, you know, one of the things we've done is to, for example, uh, you know, our editorial used to be sort of spread out all over. Well, we made that, you know, our editorial basically its own, you could call it department, its own group. Um, you know, led by Debbie Vassin, who does an amazing job. And then, um, and like they did really just focus on editorial and, and doing a phenomenal job. And then I uh, brought on, um, uh, you know, David Wigan as the COO. He had been with IAC and, your, and um, dictionary.com and so forth. And, you know, he's been, you know, phenomenal, um, you know, working out, um, uh, you know, a lot of the, in helping me with a lot of the operations stuff, um, we created a chief software architect role, which is different than a CTO role. So we mm-hmm. split those and, you know, Oriel, you know, is, right. is, is running as CTO. Uh, we recently, um, you know, sort of everyone was doing HR. Now we have an HR department and we, uh, you know, have brought on uh, Barbie Brewer, who uh, was seven years at Netflix and, you know, is a, you know, as as as, as um, you know, uh, a VP of HR there, and and you know, she's added you know tremendous um, you know depth and capabilities to our HR in terms of both um, being hiring, but also and and maybe and maybe more importantly, definitely more importantly, um, you know, improving our internal HR systems and our you know performance, um, you know, management, and just you know, getting the most out of the people we have in terms of you know, we're communicating better, we're getting more, you know, quicker feedback, you know, more direct feedback, we're, um, um, you know, we have more, um, you know, uh, systems to support uh, people, and we've, you know, added a health plan, and, you know, all, you know, in the US and all these other things. And that, so, you know, again, that HR is a great, a great example, like, we didn't need it before, because, we weren't really that big and everything else, but now we're of a size where you got to say, Hey, we need an HR function here. But maybe it's not a big group. It's not a big group compared to the editorial or content team, the tech team or product team. Right. Yes. But it's very, but it's super, super important. And over time it'll, it'll probably grow. Um, and then, you know, and then from a, from a product perspective, you know, for a product team, we have, um, you know, a product manager, and then we will have, you know, typically a couple front ends, a back end, um, a QA, and and a design. And then, you know, those are, you know, rough numbers. It could be as many as five or six front ends and two or three back ends. But you know, those are the product teams. And then they are supported by we have cross functional roles like um, data analytics, um, uh, editorial is a cross-functional role. SEO is a cross-functional role. Sysadmin is a cross-functional role, and so forth. So you've got these sort of silos like this, but then you have, you know, layered in these cross-functional roles that are super important, and they support the product teams. You know, it doesn't, you know, and you know, one fine day, a particular product team may be big enough that it had it has its own data analyst, but until then, but until then. We, you know, we'll, we'll, um, you know, we have, um, you know, a data, data and analytics supporting, um, you know, the various product groups. It's sort of having like a services part of the company yeah. within the company, right? I was assuming that every, every product had their own team, but it seems like only the really core people are specifically dedicated to that project. And then you've got this cross function. Okay. That's, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, because, you know, like, uh, well, just to, to, to take something like sysadmin, we've got, you know, phenomenal sysadmin, uh, and, um, but every team doesn't need its own sysadmin. Yeah, not full-time, anyways. No, and um, so we're, and we're constantly looking at that, you know, like, well, does the team need a dev analyst or so forth? But, you know, right now the cross-functional roles are working really well for us. It is tricky. Um, because they're serving a lot of masters and, you know, there's a lot of information they, you know, and, and sort of, um, uh, the development of their pro of, uh, you know, a- as the teams develop, they, and are, you know, creating more tickets and, and, and features and stuff like that. They, it, 
they need, you know, we need to keep the communication going so they understand what's going on that might affect their particular function. But so communication is pretty key there. But we're, you know, it it generally it's 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 going quite well. And how about the product people? How do you find product people? What skill set is required to work at? Love to know if you're a product person. You know, I, I I'll say it's a great question. I only ask great questions, Howard. You know me. <laughs> you're good at this. I tell you, <laughs> you are. You're good at this. Um, but um, product product is 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 really the hardest. And then, by the way, it's a tough role. Um, I it's it it. You know, here's the thing. You and I both know what a front engineer, a front end engineer is. We know what it looks like. We know, you know, yeah. um, and it's, it's very defined and it's like, you know, what do you don't, and you have the interests that you don't, and you have the skills that you don't, you have the experience that you don't and blah, blah, blah. Um, product is, is a different ant. And the, in the same is true with backend, the same is true with QA and, you know, and, and design generally also. Right. So th those are. Um, now those people are just as special, but, um, but they're just easy. It's easier to define those roles product. Um, it's yeah. tough. I'm not going to lie to you. I it's mean, it's project tough. management plus UX plus, you know, some kind of technical understanding, but not, maybe not a developer, but I think you can have really, really smart and capable people that maybe you know, still might struggle with product. Um, and some people just, you know, it's like, um, you've got to, you know, if you're going to be good at product, you kind of got to get product, which is, which is, I believe you need to have a deep understanding of, you know, your audience and what they want and what they might want. And so that's, that's number one. Like you, you've got to like give a damn, right. You've got to love the product. You've got to love the space at least enough to really, really be thinking deeply about it. And that means, yes, studying, you know, studying the competitors, studying the market, but it means having, and, and a lot of product managers struggle with this, it means having a lot of conversations. Like you got to get the data, you know, you, you, mm -hmm. you, you can teach yourself a certain amount of it, you know, pick up the phone, schedule interviews, watch, you know, watch, um, You, you, you know, you, you know, look at what happens with user behavior and metrics and stuff like that. Where are they tripping up in the product? What do they like about the product? What don't they like? Um, and it's this constant, you know, what, what, what it's like, there's this balance. A product manager should have a certain amount of vision. Absolutely. They should have an idea of where the product should go, but you've also got to be humble. You've got to realize like, I don't care how smart you are. I don't even care if you're, you know, Alex Rodriguez, like you don't, you don't, you've got to be humble. Like you've got to, you've got to embrace the fact that you don't know. You've got to go to the users. You've got to watch them. You got to listen to them. You got to talk to them. You got to, you've got to, you've got to have an innate understanding of what they want. And you get that an innate understanding through lots of conversation. Um, you know, so we, we do, we really encourage our product managers to, you know, again, like watch the metrics, what buttons are they clicking on? What are they, you know, how long is the time on site? How many pages, per, you know, pages per visit, you know, all that like key metrics, but also like just have conversations, you know, talk to them. Um, it's so, it's so critical. Um, I would say the other things you need as a product manager is you, you need, you need to, you're a leader. I mean, you are a leader and you, you you've got to be able to, um, you know, you've got to be able to get the, you know, work really well with your team and motivate them and, and, and get um, quick, you know, development cycles out so that you can, um, so that you can try more things, you know. Um, I think the, where PMs get in trouble is when um, typically they, they let a particular you know, sprint or feature just get too big before they even know if it works. So we really, um, we, we, we really encourage, you know, the concept of MVP, um, you know, before we make, you know, investment, you know, large investments, we were all sitting around saying, how can we, how can we test it? How can we try it? How can we come out 
with with something that is maybe only 80% finished in terms of final polish and everything, but it's going to give us all the data we want. Um, and we're constantly having those conversations endlessly, which is, which is not like, hey, great idea. You know, let's go spend three months building it, right? That's how not to do it. Yeah. And how to do it is great idea. Uh, might work, might not. Um, you know, how can, we, right? how can we spend uh, three days, um, you know, uh, testing it, right? Not three mm-hmm. months, three days. And if, and if the test goes positive or looks positive, maybe another three days to, to be sure. And then if it looks good, then let's, you know, let's roll it out and polish the heck out of it. So that, that sort of, um, you know, test, try, look at the data, you know, iterate it, which is, by the way, a similar process to a startup. That's what a startup needs to do. You know, startups that go off and develop for two years because they're, you know, in their, you know, stealth, what do they say? stealth mode. You're stealth mode. Every time you hear stealth mode, I'm like, you're losing time. Interest. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. Hang up the phone. Run. Yeah. Run from it. <laughs> stealth mode is total caca, in my view. There may be exceptions. The minute I hear stealth mode, it just like it's red hard. flag, right? As an investor. Oh no, no, no. It's 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 a checkered flag. Like it's over. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not a red flag. I can't get around stealth mode. It's just not going to work. And, and how about like, because you built a dev team in Barcelona, right? A technical office. <laughs> and we're traditionally not very good at product. We haven't had this tradition, but we are highly skilled in development or design, for instance. So how, how do you find the cultural differences between the team in America and the one in Barcelona and the team in India? Because you've also got technical team in India, right? Yes. How do you deal uh, with that? Don't. We don't do product in India. Um, I'm not saying it can't be done. We just have struggled with that. Um, what we do have is remarkable, you know, and wonderful, um, you know, uh, development folks over there, and they and yes. we love them. Um, in Barcelona, you know, one of the cool things about Barcelona is they do have that long history of design. Uh, you know, you can tell Gaudi, and uh, you know, going. I'm sure going back much further than that. Um, and it's really cool. And you guys, you know, phenomenal design schools and so forth. So our design, we're thrilled with, you know, design, um, you know, um, our, our design team there, um, product, um, you know, uh, you know, as you point out, like it just hasn't, it's not that Barcelona is not, you know, going to be really good at it one fine day. There's just, there's just not enough, uh, experience, you know, at it. We never called um, it like that, right? They were called project managers, but they didn't know they were doing product or whatever. Right. Yeah. I. Yeah. Sure. Now, uh, but that's that. You know, we're going to see more and more very successful. You know, PMs. You know, come out of Barcelona, but but they're all learning. So one of the things we do is, um, you know, for example, you know, our our CEO David Wigan, who who and and he really focuses uh, much of his time on product and helping the product teams is, um, you know, we're trying to, to introduce, uh, you know, American product, you know, product management um, to and, and, and help our PMs understand the, the American market, help them understand, you know, what product management, um, you know, really uh, what the best practices are and how we do it at Love to Know and, you know, what's good, what's not. And, you know, it's been, it's actually been going, um, really well. Um, and so our product managers are doing a phenomenal job. Um, and, um, yeah, and we, we, we give a lot of thought as to how we can bring along product managers because, um, yes, there certainly are, you know, there is more experience in product management in the U S and so forth, but, um, uh, that, that, that is all true, but, uh, you know, we, 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 we like to kind of grow product managers too. I mean, we have specific ways. Do you create them? Do you hire a specific role and then you train them or? Train them. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, people who have some, you know, they'll typically have some product exposure. Um, they, they, they know the basics, but then we can bring them along in how we like to do product that love to know, um, as opposed to them coming in, you know, with a lot of preconceived notions on how they do product. Um, because, you know, we do it our own way. 
Um, I think we've got a pretty clear idea of what we want from product managers. Um, and, um, but I think we feel reasonably confident that we can, you know, we, we can bring people in to the company who have a great interest in product management and, um, you know, we, we can teach them the basics. We can show them how to do it, you know, what we want and everything else. Um, what we found works and doesn't work, you know, again, you know, love to know this is just crazy to talk about, uh, but we've been around for 15 years. I mean, we, you know, we've done it wrong. We've yep. done it right. Um, you know, we, we've, we've had our share of successes. We've had our share of failures, but, but at this point, uh, 15 years later, we've got a pretty clear idea of, of what we want. And, you know, we want really smart people with great energy and great passion and interest for product. Some sense, you know, some sense of design, the ability to communicate with the user base, um, and the ability to lead teams, have you know a basic technical understanding, and you know we'll we'll you know we'll we'll hire those kinds of people all day long. And the truth of the matter is, um, you know, we're probably going to start uh, doing some hiring of exactly people like that um, for some of our smaller properties, and we'll we'll sort of get them going on the smaller properties, and then. You know those properties will, will will grow and or will have other opportunities for. Last two questions to wrap up this this interview. Well, if anyone's it. interested, come to us, baby. We're, we're, <laughs> we're always hiring great. We are literally always hiring great engineers. Great, our friends back end. We are always looking for you know uh, for, for for talented product um, you know product managers and you know all, design all, all the functions we're growing somehow i'm, I'm gonna around. send you a great product person i know that wants to relocate to barcelona she lives in in canada right now and she wants to relocate to barcelona so i'm gonna send you her yeah. cv last two last two questions as an as an investor what are the trends you're seeing right now well where are people are people operating right now so what kind of companies have they disappeared and what are the ones that are fundraising Like where do you, where do you see this is headed to? Because we as service providers and you as an investor, we see the future, right? They they come to us to build a product, or they come to you to raise funds to build a product, right? So we kind of see the companies that will be built in the next two three years, right? Where are the technology companies headed to? What sectors? Yeah. I, I, um... What sectors is is that the question? Alex? Yeah, yeah. What what sectors? So, what kind of technologies? Is it like video streaming, for instance, e health, or I don't know, something like that? What, what have you seen that since the outbreak of coronavirus, you're getting more deal flow from these kind of companies? Yeah, I mean, I don't know that the world has has had quite enough time to um, sort of, you know. Um, you know, spin up startups that are in direct response to the current situation. Yeah. Um, But maybe some we spin offs or maybe some, some morphing, adopting your language, that the companies that they used to do something, they have morphed into something else to pivot it to, to, to service remote teams. Whereas before they didn't, they were serving all kinds of companies, but now they are extremely focused on remote teams, right? Yeah. I mean, Here's what I do see, you know, as we were talking about earlier. Um, so there's been this, so on a, on a very, very um, such a high level, um, you know, the, the world changes. You know, once upon a time, you know, we made buggy whips and carriages and then we made cars and then, and then, hmm. then we made Uber, actually. Um, you know, and that's a progression and that goes on in every industry. And as you know, For those of us in technology, that goes on, you know, even faster. And, um, you know, what has happened, uh, because I spend a lot of time looking at the public markets, too, is, you know, the, the, this sort of um, acceleration, there's been an acceleration of the trends towards um, the disruptors and towards the new companies Um, and, and towards technology companies and stuff like that. And you can look at that, you know, in the market today, you know, oil, um, which is a very old line industry, um, is, you know, uh, recently traded a, at, a, at a negative price per barrel, <laughs> hard to believe. Um, and, um, you know, at the same time, Amazon yeah. uh, is at an all time high, um, you know, and companies. So, you know, you look at companies like Slack, like Zoom, like, um, you know, Etsy, like, 
um, uh, Shopify. These companies are are killing it in today's market. Correct. Uh, yeah. and, 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 and this happened, we, we see it in flex jobs too, right? We were on a trend. The trend was was going our way. As I said, we were, we were kind of in the fourth inning, we thought. And then all of a sudden, it just like, it accelerated that, right? So they have not, have, have you know, and the, and the industries, um, you know, that are, that, that, you know, are not, we're not super well positioned for the future. They're struggling and my heart goes out to them. And especially those in the travel industry, as you know, I love travel and I, I, I love restaurants and hotels and airlines and, yeah. but, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll come back, but the, you know, but those who, who were well positioned before this, you know, are like now they're, you know, two or three X is well positioned. And so, you know, there's, there's this, you know, look at Shopify, you know, like they're killing it. Why? Because yes. just instantly everyone needs to go online, you know, look at Slack. They're killing it. Why? Because, you know, guys like you and I've been using Slack, the rest of the world wasn't necessarily using Zoom, it. Yeah. Now, and now suddenly everyone needs Slack. You and I have been doing Zoom for a long time, but now suddenly everyone needs Zoom. And so there's just been this massive acceleration towards these, these companies and products that were well positioned prior. Um, and I think, you know, that's going to continue. Um, yeah. And, I, and, you know, to what extent companies started today um, are going to, um, you know, uh, survive and thrive. I, obviously, there's there's going to be a lot. I think it's honestly, it, from what I've seen, it's a little early to see, um, you know, how the startup community, you know, reacts to to this in terms of s- starting new companies. I think it'll happen. I'd say, you know, ask me in two or three months, and I'll have a sort of a much better idea about sort of brand new think solutions that are going to, you know, be more be well suited for. For today's world so mostly it's online collaboration and e-commerce okay and the last question like everybody is a bit of a martian right we all do something in our companies that it's that set us apart from the rest of the companies what's something you do at love to know that is completely different to how other companies operate have you got something that makes you like a really really special company well uh, yes, uh, I, I like to think so. Um, so I, and, and this is going to sound crazy, but, but what we do at Love to Know is, you know, we get amazing people from, you know, all over the United States, from, you know, places like Barcelona and, and from all over the world. Um, and we bring those people together uh, in teams to focus on products that improve improve people's lives through better information. And, um, you know, we have this uniqueness that, and, and, and I guess it's a little less unique now because everyone's ver- working virtually, but we've been doing it for a dozen years and, and, and longer. And we're very used to it. We love it. We figured out, you know, you know, the many, many nuances of really making people successful in, in that situation, you know, and we're flexible. We give people, we want the absolute best people. We want to give them a lot of responsibility. And then we want to, we want to win. Um, you know, we're competitive and we want to ensure that our products win um, and that helps the individuals win. And, you know, I, I, as I remember, uh, a, a wonderful coach told my son's baseball team uh, when they were about this high, he said something very politically sort of incorrect. He's like, you know, we want to win. Uh, <laughs> this is not just about all, just about having a good time. Like we want to win. And why do we want to win? Because when we win, everybody's happier. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Nobody, yeah. The kids have more fun when they win and adults have more fun when they win as, too. And that, as long as you don't piece off a lot of people in the way, kind of like Michael Jordan, now that we're seeing the documentaries, right? But of course. Yeah. yeah There's got to be exactly. some sort of a balance. All right. Yeah. I'll, although I'll note that the, that, um, you know, that documentary is about a winner. I, they didn't make one about the loser. <laughs> That's that's a good point. They only make documentaries about you if you're a winner, right? If you want to be in a documentary, you got to win. Kind of, you know, you want to be there. Right? Exactly. But, but um, you know, anyway, we, we, we have a lot of fun and, um, 
you know, we're, we're really looking forward. Great. Thank you very much, Howard. Felt really special to record one of our very first episodes of Life on Mars with you and looking forward to seeing you in Barcelona, having great dinner and great wine together again very soon. Uh, Otherwise, I, in the U.S. I, I can't wait, Alex, and I'll be there. I'll be the I'll be on the first flight over, baby. So uh, you know, get ready, and I look forward to it. Great. Thank you very much. We are Mars-based, an all-remote consultancy from Barcelona, specializing in web and mobile development. We help all kinds of companies, from startups to big corporations, to conceptualize, design, and develop solutions for their business using technology. And now, how can we help you?